Welcome to episode 73 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Adam DePork, and I'm here with my co-host, the woman who knows so much about pop culture and modern culture that she doesn't remember when MTV still played music. <laughs> That's how culturally hip you are, Jeannie. Jeannie Walters. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> We're giving you a I do di- remember digi- that time, digital though. applause. You did, I was trying to help you out here. <laughs> Yeah, today we're going to talk about culture a little bit. I'm pretty excited. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right. Well, why don't we talk about our sponsor? I believe it is 360 Connect. I believe you are correct, or should I say, correct? <laughs> <laughs> Customer experience is a game of constant action. Are you taking the right steps to create an experience your customers will love? Do you really know what's broken with your customer's journey? We can help. Contact the customer experience investigators at 360 Connects to uncover the moments that matter. Drop us a line about what challenges you are facing or invite us in for a workshop or keynote address to help your team become a customer-centric force. Find out more at 360connects.com. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And reach our specialized audience by sponsoring this podcast. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor. That is crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So I think it's time to get hacking. What do you say? I believe that's illegal. <laughs> well, I wanted to uh, touch on the subject today because it comes up a lot lately, especially with uh, as we go into the new year and a lot of people are thinking about changing jobs and hiring and all those things. There's a lot of stuff that happens around culture and getting the right people on board. And what we're finding over and over is that, of course, money is not the only motivator for people to either accept a role or to deliver on a role. And culture has a lot to do with it. Do I fit into the culture? Is the culture the right place for me? And this is why places like Zappos get mentioned so much because they do such an exceptional job creating a really special culture for their employees who then deliver a better customer experience because of it. And so I wanted to kind of just brainstorm a little with you about workplace perks and some of the ways that they can kind of hack culture because not everybody has a budget for vacations or you know rewards for their employees that cost a lot of money, frankly. So how can they reward people and make a positive culture in simple, straightforward ways? Well, I think I'll start with a foundational comment, which is what we're talking about today is sort of the icing and not the cake. Because culture has to come through action and yes. attitudes and communication. There's much deeper ways to uh, that must be implemented to create culture. So this is sort of the the icing. If you have a basic culture, what are the little things you can do with your team to emphasize that culture and to make working more rewarding and more valuable? Mm-hmm. And, and I, th- okay. that's a great point. And I was just going to say there, what they're finding is that there's a, a report out called 2020 Workforce. And what they found is that uh, people want things like you know, they, they certainly want competitive compensation, compensation and flexible work locations, but they also want non-traditional benefits and incentives. And that's really what we're talking about today. What are those things that are on top of, you know, the agreement that you have uh, just by working somewhere, as well as the culture that has to be part of the 
DNA that's woven into everything you do as an employee-centric and customer-centric organization. Right. And I'll add my first one. I'll, I'll throw out the first one here because we hadn't discussed it. I was saving it as a surprise for you, Jeannie. Uh-oh. Don't hire losers. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, when you have a bad hire, mm-hmm. nothing can bring down culture worse than the bad apple that spoils the barrel and all of that. It Absolutely. really, nothing is more toxic, you know, outside of leadership, there's almost nothing more toxic to a culture than a real, somebody that's just a negative Nelly mm-hmm. and they, they call it, you know, time vampire and energy vampires and all of this. So I think one of the things is making sure you have the right team in place and really respecting, you know, the other nine members of the team when the 10th one is bringing everybody down and being willing to make some hard choices, hard, have hard conversations and make hard choices eventually if you have to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I read a book years ago by Jack Welsh from, GE. And he said something in that book about how a lot of times the people who are kind of poison to a culture and to a workplace, they're really smart people and they might do their job very well. If you're just looking on paper about, are they executing? And so they can kind of get, they can get by for a lot longer than they should simply because people are like, well, they're doing okay at their job. You know, everybody, knows that they're this emotional vampire and that they bring us all down, but they can kind of hide and coast for a long time if you're not really watching out for that. So that's a really great point. And I would also piggyback on that. Find out what's important to your employees before you say, guess what, everybody, we're going to give you, you know, a gift card to a, you know, spa. You might have people who would be like, ah, I'd really like a car wash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And actually, I just heard about this. One of my clients does this where they give that option. So you can either opt for like a really swanky spa day or a really uh, swanky car detailing. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy who put it in place said that he was surprised by what they chose because there are people he's like, "I, I would have assumed this person would take the spa day. And they're the ones who were like, oh, my gosh, I get my minivan detailed. Awesome. You know, <laughs> hasn't been washed since 1947. <laughs> it's my grandfather's. Well, you know, it's interesting because every study that comes out says something a little different. The study you shared earlier than you shared with me was that 2020 study that listed higher compensation and better benefits at the top. But there's a number of other studies that say once you hit a certain threshold on compensation, it no longer matters. Absolutely. As long as, yep. they, as, long as they feel it's fair. Mm-hmm. then it's everything else. Right. So it's interesting. Uh, basically, nobody has a clue. <laughs> Every study, you know, this is like everything in customer experience. Every study and metric says the opposite. Yeah. But one thing I've found is, I really have found that if they feel they're paid fairly, it really does matter the other things. And the other things are become really important. And a lot of that has to do with environment. And it has to do with, you know, Dan Pink refers to this a lot if you've uh, seen his TED Talk or Red Drive autonomy and he recommends doing an autonomy audit which is really looking at you know, what autonomy do i have you know as a leader what autonomy do i have as a coworker, as somebody working with customers etc interesting and, and figuring out how much autonomy because most jobs you know i talk about rule accretion all the time most jobs are a a, a cavalcade i don't even know the word a thunderstorm of rules <laughs> and policies and procedures that you have to navigate through Yeah, that's true. Well, and I also think finding out what's important to employees and how they want to be recognized and rewarded, um, this goes to the idea of 
closing the circle in customer experience too. We talk a lot about if you give feedback, you want as a person, as a human, we want to know that that feedback is used. So if we hear from employees, this is what's important to me. I want the car wash and not the spa day. And then I get the gift card for the spa day. That reward falls flat. That is not something that respects me as a person. And so Zappos, again, comes to mind because they have their core values. They interview against them. And then they ask the employee to identify which one is most important to you. And one of them is about ongoing development and education. And if somebody identifies that way, then they help them through that process. That's part of their reward. They really understand that people, you know, we all have different ways that we tick. And it's important to really recognize that as you're going through this as well. But make it part of the culture as well, that you recognize people, you reward people, you close the loop on their feedback, because then they're going to bring that to the customers and deliver much better customer experience for everybody. Absolutely. And you have to know your culture. Mm-hmm. And not every culture, not every business model is the same. So, you know, Zappos is a great example, but it's also rarefied air. It's, right. It, you know, if you look at the book Drive, which I mentioned with Dan Pink, one of the things I read it, my wife read it, and they use Best Buy as an example. And the Best Buy corporate headquarters, and they've got flex time, and you know, come in four days a week, the whole Google thing, right? You can do whatever you, you want, just get your work done and produce. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, Renee, did you notice anything about that Best Buy example? She said, yeah, it's not their retail stores. I was like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do that in retail. Right. Right. You can't, all these things that are sort of white collar, knowledge worker type uh, perks or benefits mm-hmm. or things, you can't necessarily pull off on retail when you need somebody on the cash register. You can't just, right. I'm not coming in Friday. I want to be productive. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do some mind mapping at home. That's great. Nobody's going to check out anybody. Right. So in knowing that culture, I, I, you had mentioned uh, lunch with the boss is a perk. Mm-hmm. And I know a small business owner that tried that. And it just failed dismally because mm-hmm. there were retail workers. They didn't care about lunch with the boss. But on the right. other hand, if you're Jack Welch and you're telling your mid-level managers that you can have lunch with Jack Welch and yeah. they're all career driven and, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a great <laughs> perk, right? So really part of it is knowing your culture, knowing your situation mm-hmm. and finding the things that work in there. And I will say one thing I think is universal across all cultures, food, <laughs> free food always works. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, and you know, I one of my early, early jobs <laughs> when I was in high school and college, I answered phones at a uh, concrete sawing company. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> they provided a very specific service for construction. And they were construction workers. So, you know, they're, they showed up in their hard hats and they were dirty from the job site and all that. And the guy who owned the company was uh, on the phone one day and he walked out to have a little team meeting with the workers and he had just gotten off the phone with one of their clients who called to say that one of the workers who was very shy had done a really good job. And so in front of everybody, he gave him a hundred dollar bill. And I think I've even mentioned this before because it left such an impression on me, but it was a great way to recognize very publicly, but also very meaningfully something that went really well. And it kind of helps establish that this is the type of company we want to continue to be as well. So that sets an example as well. Um, so I think it's great. I mean, essentially, I think what we're saying is you you have to look at this at a bigger level to make sure you understand your culture 
and it's where you want it to be. But you also have to take that one step further and understand your employees and understand their world and understand the type of company you are so that you can reward them and give them perks that are actually meaningful to them instead of just saying, you know, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> hey, what's wrong? Although with I bet that would go over pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that could If work. I were Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were Oprah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at sort of the wide spectrum of business, it's really about creating rewards that are surprises, that are variable. Doesn't They, they can be t- tapered to the level, they can be tapered to the model. But it's about the little extras and being thoughtful and showing appreciation for people. And that's what most of the hacks come down to. The the benefits, things that are benefits, I think always get lost. I think it's the special moments. It's the, hey, pizza day, even if it's just that small, if you're a small business. Or, you know, the calling attention to somebody who did a great job and putting their name up on the board or making, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. I think those are the things that really impact culture because a benefit always becomes expected over time. Yeah. I in totally in the that. end, you only get a short-term bump from a benefit and then it's what people expect. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that there are benefits that certainly reward loyalty. Like if there are some companies that say, if you're with us for seven years, you get a sabbatical for six months. You know, that's, that's a benefit that doesn't really get old. But I totally agree that a lot of times the short-term, you know, we're going to write this into everybody's contract, then, you know, it's just part of, part of work in there instead of being special and, and recognizing that. So I think, uh, this report was really interesting. We'll put a link in the show notes for it because I think it's got some interesting things in there that everybody couldn't think about as they build their culture towards the future of, you know, different workers all over the world and all of these things that we're dealing with today. And you know what I like most about culture? Oh, I can only imagine. It's really easy to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're here for the easy work of talking about it you have you guys out there have fun building one (laughs) and you know culture is really difficult people do throw Mm -hmm. out a lot of stuff and i think it's important all these extras once again they're the icing on the cake it starts with your vision and your ethics and how you lead yep totally totally and making sure you communicate that as well exactly communication that's what we're all about here that's why i have two microphones in front of us (laughs) All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 73 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes. Also, you can subscribe and send us feedback. And who loves feedback? I do. I love feedback. Sheenie loves feedback. (laughs) That sounds like like an album. (laughs) So uh, check us out at crackthecustomercode.com. And we'd also, of course, love to hear about your culture. What are you trying? We'd love to hear how you're approaching this subject as well. And I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and connect with me at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Deport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.